standing I'm right there does that silence make you nervous okay good because it doesn't make me nervous either you know yes it doesn't make me nervous either so we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12 and my little AirPods, they want to do their own thing, but you know, they want to work this right on out here. Okay, there we go. So we're going to be at, in Hebrews chapter 12, amen. Okay, and we're going to start at verse 26, okay? All right, so 12 starting at 26. In the word of God, so I'm bring, we're bringing your attention to the word of God. Amen. So we're going to start at verse 26. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words, once more, indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving the kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you today for your presence. You've already uh, shown yourself so beautifully in our midst today. We, we love you. We love your presence. And Father, as we go forth in the word on this morning, Father, I decrease and yield to your spirit and want you to increase inside of me. Not my will, but yours be done. Father, nothing for show, form, or fashion, no extras, nothing to wow the crowd for entertainment, none of that, God. We want to hear your voice and your voice alone. So I hide myself behind the cross so that you can be displayed, so that you can be glorified, so that the people will see you, Lord God. Father, be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray and give you thanks. Amen. Amen. And before you sit down, if you are far in the back, I, I need everybody, I need to feel you a little bit more. So I would like at this time that everyone who's, who, fill in for me, fill in as close as you can. Can you do that for me? I know it is unfamiliar and we are used to our roles that we sit on, but I need you closer. I need you closer. And the title of the message today is uh, when you didn't get the memo, what are you going to do? When you didn't get the men memo, what are you going to do? How are you going to navigate if you were not given a heads up? All right. So I'm going to let you, you guys move it in place. All right. All right. Has it ever happened to you on the job? Everyone is, is in the know about something, and you're like, what is going on? No one ever told me. I don't know anything about that, so I'm going to act like I didn't know. <laughs> you ever been there in anything? Well, nobody's nobody said anything to me, so I don't know nothing. And you know you're supposed to know. 
And you know the memo is for you too, but you're going to act as if no one said nothing to you, that someone didn't pass the message on to you. You got the memo even if you didn't get, in, get it in the email because someone told you about it. But you know how we get sometimes, okay, if they didn't give it to me personally, I'm, I don't know. I ain't even going to know. So when you didn't get the memo, what are you going to do? How are you going to navigate? So I want to first, before going into everything, I want to talk to you about something that happened to me about maybe three or four Fridays ago. Maybe it was the Friday before February 14th. So let's say February the 7th. Do you guys remember that Friday that we had the tornado warning? Was it a Thursday? Thursday and Friday, we still had the howling, the high winds on Friday. You remember that? So on Friday night, and I think this is important for me to tell you this, because on Friday night, going into Saturday morning, the Lord spoke to me during the howling and the groaning of the winds. So it was about 3.30 in the morning, and I'm more cognizant of the way that the Lord talks to me more than ever. Because I have, I've said to myself, no longer do I want to be that person who misses the forest because of the trees. The Lord has more than one way of speaking, and I want to be, I want to be able to access them all. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? I just don't want to be able to be one-way minded and then miss something that the Lord may be trying to say. Because the Lord speaks through his creation. We already know that. We see that all throughout the word of God that he speaks through his creation. And on that weekend, on that Friday night going into Saturday morning, the Lord spoke to me. I was in my daughter's room, the one who's away from college. Hey, Alea, because I know you're watching. I was in her room. And sometimes I go in there to just find a place of solace, sometimes a place for me just to kind of unwind my thoughts. So I went in there. And I slept over in there in the middle of the night. So it was about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I wasn't really asleep all the way. Now, don't fall asleep on me because you're going to hear the Lord and what I'm saying. So I wasn't asleep all the way. And so I stood up, I sat up in the bed. And I heard the winds, I heard the, the rafters, I heard the wind groaning so, so deeply that it moved me. I don't know if any of you were awake at that time or paid any attention, but I simply could not sleep because of how, how intense the winds were howling that night. So the Lord says, and I know it was the Lord, the Lord says, put on your clothes, put on a robe and some shoes and go outside. 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. My initial response was, oh, goodness, what if something hit me? I don't know if somebody's out there. You know, everything to not go began to crowd out my mind. But I pushed down all of that stuff because the Lord says, go outside. Okay. I sort of was like Jer uh, one of the prophets when, oh, was it Jeremiah? Who was it? Was it Jeremiah when the Lord told him to uh, go to the potter's house? And uh, there I will show you something. I will give you a message there. So I was out there, I was on the, the, the porch, wind groaning, howling, debris is going everywhere, and I stood there in absolute awe of the working of God in his creation. Not only was I in awe, I said, God, you are terrible. And when we use the word terrible, 
in the Bible, it is a word that inspires reverence and awe. So he's not terrible as in bad. I looked at everything. I heard the wind going through the trees. I said, oh, my God, your acts are great and terrible, inspiring me to reverence. I wanted to go back in the house because I began to become afraid, but I could not move from my spot. So at this time, it was about 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning, and all I could do is stand there. Just stand there and say, God, you are awesome. You are wonderful, mighty are your acts in all of the earth. So when I finally made it back into the house, I was up for a couple more hours because I was just in, in unbelief at the majesty of God in his creation. It was a couple of weeks later when the Lord began to speak to me about the winds. And he says to me, he says, Charlotte, the winds have come during the shift. Now, I need you to listen to me carefully here. The turbulence comes along with the shift. And there are going to be some things that are going to be uprooted during the turbulence that you may not have gotten the memo about. So where we are is where we are. We are at day 61 in 2020, and the, way, the reason I know that is because every morning I get on my Bible app, and it has that streak. You are 61 days in the Bible app. I say, yes. So we are 61 days in. So much has happened over the past 61 days. And even if we go back in the last quarter of 2020, I bet that many of us can attest to things that have happened to us that we did not expect. Amen? Does anyone agree, anyone agree with me? Things that we did not know. Things that we did not get the memo on, but yet still it has happened. The shift, family and friends, and on Facebook Live, it is not going to happen. It has already happened. You understand? Everyone is affected. Everyone is on this train. Not just tabernacle of praise. No, this is for the body in general, for the kingdom of God in general. If you ask anyone out of this body and ask them what's going on, they will tell you of something that has happened unexpectedly in their lives that they did not expect, and they have to, they've had to deal with it. Ask anyone. Some of you began to experience the shift even before Pastor Jackson released the prophetic word. Anyone out there? Before he even said that we are going to shift for maximum impact, somebody experienced the shift not knowing it was a shift. It is a change. It is an alteration from the normal. It is an adjustment to the unfamiliar. It is movement. It is a relocation from what was to now what is. Sometimes the shift is progressive, meaning it unfolds and you kind of can tell what's going to happen. But what I've seen over the past couple of months, it has not been so. It's been unexpected. It's been in such a way where you didn't know what to do, right? No longer are we in a place of trying to shift. We are in a place of trying to navigate how to flow fluidly 
in the shift. Amen? Anybody? Don't y'all get quiet on me today. Huh? Uh-huh. We have been translated into a place where we are unfamiliar. And I dare to say this. It is a spacious place, but we don't know it yet. It is a place of release and blessing where we've been translated. At first glance, to many, it is uncomfortable. Maybe it's unwelcomed. But we are here because God has, wants us to be more impactful. What? The shift for what? Maximum impact. Our presence here has disturbed the devil. Because he never wanted us to get in this place. Even though we don't know what it all entails right now, he knows and he never wanted us to step foot in this territory. So he has responded to many, many of us with demonic strategies to hinder us or to serve as obstacles. And if we do not learn how to navigate this place we are in, we will suffer unnecessarily. This is new territory. This is a road to freedom for us. We just don't know how to navigate it yet. We haven't been given the memo of the whole outlay of the land. But God knows all things. And so right where we are, we have to learn how to navigate this place for freedom and for maximum impact. And, you know, when I think about it, I think about um, Harriet Tubman, you know. You know how Harriet Tubman led over 300 slaves to freedom. Remember that? On the what? What we call the, the Underground Railroad, right? And what did she do to, she had a what? A gun. You're not turning around now. Because if you turn around, you're going to alert the, the slave masters to our location. So you are going to have to flow with us regardless of your fear, regardless of how you feel. It is on and popping now. You cannot turn back. And I want to say to you, you cannot turn back. Naturally, when we are in a place of shifting or turbulence, we want to respond the way we usually respond, right? It's easy to do that. But I'm saying to you today, how you used to respond in the past will not work in your relocation. One, what once worked for you in 2019 will not, and I repeat, not work for you in 2020 and beyond. Why the turbulence? Why the shift? Why the winds? Well, I don't have it exhaustively, but I'm going to give you a couple of reasons that I have seen in my own life why the turbulence has been allowed. So now I need you to begin to write these things down. Because we all going, ain't no man going to be left behind in Tabernacle of Praise. If we have to put our arms up under your shoulders and carry you, you will go with us. I mean that. I mean that. So the first thing is this. Turbulence may come to test your belief system. Our belief system has been inundated with lies and things that pose as truth but they're not true. Let me give you a natural example. You know how our family would tell us growing up this? They would say, in the cold weather, they would say, if you're going outside, you better put a coat on. Why? 
because you're going to catch a cold. Is that true? It is not true. But it is good to put on a coat in cold weather. <clears throat> but it is not the truth. You could go in food line, Publix, Whole Foods, whatever high-end Harris Teeter, whatever, whatever high-end grocery store you like to frequent, put your hand on the buggy and catch a cold. Absolutely. Jerome is paying attention, even though he's not supposed to be here today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because of the bacteria. So cold weather does not necessarily produce a cold in your body. It is a bacteria that produces the cold. Is it good, once again, to put a coat on in the wintertime? Absolutely. But you, if you don't, you won't catch a cold. Here's one, here's one spiritual one. And you all know this one. You know this one because we've all said it at some point in time. When the praises go up. Now, is that the truth? That is not necessarily the truth. Because everybody can, the rocks can praise them. That doesn't necessarily mean that blessings are going. See, we've commonized these. We, we put these in these little um, phrases that are easy to catch on, these catchphrases. But there's more to blessings coming down than you praising God. What about faith? What about obedience? What about following his word and his precepts? Those are all components too. What about sacrifice? So praising God in itself, by itself alone, does not necessarily mean that blessings are going to come down. Okay. So we have to, one thing that we have to do is allow the Lord to begin to tear down our belief system so that he can rebuild it. You need to know what you actually believe. You need to know that. You need to know if you are bitch pressing 250 or 50 pounds. It's easy to look like you are bench pressing 250 in the congregation. But when you are home, what are you believing? How are you believing? How are you responding? How are you reacting? Are you bench pressing 50? But we think you're doing 250. I'm just saying what I'm saying. Number two. Why the, why the turbulence? It allows an unearthing, a uncovering of glitches and patterns and cycles that hold us in the past or hold us from engaging as Minister Simon taught us the other Sunday, full throttle. It allows those things to be shaken that needs to be shaken. Self-imposed limitations, debilitating habits. You know, you ever watch Star Trek? And when, well, I may be, me and Bowell probably are the only ones that watch Star Trek in here. But when they're trying to move quickly, you'll hear the captain say, he'll say, warp nine, engage. That's Captain Picard. And then, in some instances, they are unable to engage walk nine or go full throttle because something is holding them back. And so they have to follow the rope backwards to see what it is that does not allow them to engage warp nine 
fully and with in, in full intent. So sometimes the turbulence is brought so that we can see exactly what needs to be unearthed and dealt with. Y'all quiet. I hope you're writing. Number three, another reason that turbulence may come, and this one the Lord revealed to me quite recently. God is a jealous God, and his pursuit for me is intent, is very intentional. So sometimes turbulence comes to wake me up out of my stupor and pull me back in line so that I won't be caught all exposed. Sometimes it happens to set me free. Y'all listening? I need y'all to amen and I'm going to take this a whole hour. No, I won't do that, Pastor Jackson. I ain't going to do that. So sometimes the turbulence allows us to get back on track when we have back, when we've been in, when we are in a backslidden situation. Now, you're not going to tell me that none of us in this body here, we've never backslidden before because all of us have. And it was nothing but the grace and the mercy of God who loved us, who chose not to expose us to everybody, waking us up, giving us a plate, giving, putting a roll back on our, on our shoulders and a ring back on our finger before our stuff was put out there in the streets. Somebody ought to thank God for that. I know it. Now, I ain't telling you what I know. I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. All of us behind this desk, we, we ain't telling you what we heard. We're telling you what we know. Another, another reason why the turbulent weather may come is this. It forces us at times or thrusts us to make a decision that we never would have made if the turbulent weather didn't come. You, you will hold on to what you're holding on to. You will not make a decision, and you know you need to make a decision. And you won't do it. We won't do it, but it calls a shaking, a shifting, a something to happen to say, okay, I got to make a decision. So it come, turbulent weather comes to make you get off your butt and make a decision because we've been holding on to something too long, and it's time to make a decision about it. Next, it causes, it causes our faith to either shrink or expand. Do you remember um, Peter when Jesus was watch, walking on the water? And they were afraid at first, and Peter, Peter got the revelation. He said, Christ, teacher, if that's you, bid me to come out on the water. What was Peter asking? He was asking to be translated into a new location because this was another level of faith that had not been seen by him. So right here he steps, Jesus says, come on then. I'm paraphrasing, okay, that's my, my paraphrase, my, my, my translation. Well, come on, you want to come? Come on. So he comes out, and as he's walking, he looks around and begins to sink. So 
His faith in the beginning did expand because he had the faith to walk out and then it began to shrink when he stepped out on the water. So in this place, your faith will either shrink back, and I'm going to tell you that now, you cannot shrink back, or it will expand. We've seen it in the intercessory prayer ministry. We've put our faith out there. We've put our faith out there as we are praying, and we have seen healings. We've seen turnarounds. We've heard testimonies because we're all in. So it's time for us to get all in. We cannot allow our faith to shrink. Another reason why turbulence comes, and Elder Hoskins talked about this a couple of Sundays ago, friction. So we can find out what our friction level is. We have to know where that is. And it is a discord. What is that friction? Usually it is a discord between our soul and our spirit. Our soul is pulling us to do one thing, and our spirit is trying to pull us another way. How many of you out here go to the gym? How many of you in here, go, uh, uh, I heard this term today, who in here is a gym rat? That's someone who is consistent in going to the gym. I didn't know they had a title. Someone who is consistent, disciplined to go. Anyone who knows, who's ever worked out before, you know your body screams, I don't want to do this. It'll put you down. I dare you to go to the gym today. I dare you. So there, <laughs> there, is, there is friction between your soul and your spirit. And it's time to find out that friction point. So that you can let it go, subdue the flesh, so that we can move full throttle. That makes sense? Now, let me ask you this. How many of you have read the book or seen the movie Hunger Games? What about the Maze Runner? Uh-huh. Star Trek, of course. Jumanji, is that what it's called? Jumanji, yeah. You've seen those movies or you've read those books. We can learn a lot from those, those books and those movies. The one thing that we see in all of those books, or in the movies, I've read all the books, is this. That all of the main characters were pulled out of their familiar place and thrusted into a place where they had no training, no comprehension, no understanding. And they were required to survive by any means necessary. They were required to do a recalibration. And in those books, it was a means of survival. But in where we are in this spacious place, the Lord does not only want us to survive. He wants us to thrive. So I want to give you some things to look out for because you may not have been given the memo. And you are uncertain as to how to navigate where you are. The a recalibration must take place in you. Your mindset, your thought patterns, the cycles that you're really going to have to do an introspective look as to where you are, where you are now in this place. We have businesses that have been birthed in this place recently. 
We have ministries that are blooming in this place. Uh, we, we, are, we are moving at a pace that is not the norm for us. I was surprised and wonderfully surprised to see all of the people that came up that Sunday who are embarking in their adventures, entrepreneurship. So for them, this is a new space, a new place, a new territory. Some of us have been thrusted into situations that are very unexpected. Over the past months, many of us have experiencing, has, has experienced transitions of loved ones. And we keep all of you in prayer, Brother Tim Shear, your family in prayer, all everyone else who, who've lost loved ones in this body. We are keeping you in fervent, effectual prayers. But the loss of a loved one is turbulence. It, it is a place that you never, we know it's all coming, but losing a loved one, even though we should expect, we don't. We don't. So we, we, we all, many of us have had, have, many of us have had trials and tribulations in our own homes, on our jobs. Some of us, us been, have been relocated to new jobs. And a lot of the, this we don't understand readily how to navigate. So I'm going to help you with these few things here. So how do we navigate in the winds and the waves, not waves, the winds and the, and, and the turbulence when we have not been given the memo? And your hair is flying all over the place. Everything, papers are all over the place. God, you're calling God. And it almost seems as if he is not answering you. Let me tell you, my friend, be encouraged. The Lord sees and hears all things. Sees and hears all things. He would not, uh, yea, though you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You, my friend, fear no evil for the Lord your God is with you. So there must be a, recalibra a recalibration. So the first thing is this. Do this. Before you do anything else, hold on. Just hold on. Let, let the winds pass. Let the turbulence pass. Don't, don't start trying to do things. Don't try to grab. Don't hold a place where your mind is telling you to do this. Do that. God is not listening. Everything is going to fall apart. All of that chitter-chatter in your mind, shut it down. Shut it down and hold on. Shut it down and hold on. Somebody repeat that with me. Shut it down and hold on. So say it again. Shut Say it again. That's right. Let the winds, number two, let the winds get beyond your defense mechanisms, mechanisms and begin to uproot the things that need not be for you in 2020. The winds, it may, it may seem scary, but everything bad, that looks bad isn't bad. I remember this two years ago, and I'm sure all of you remember this. My husband was in a car accident. He was hit from behind. And as it, it was, that was bad, right? Wouldn't you consider being in a car accident a bad thing? But if the car accident did not happen, we would not have known that one of his uh, arteries was 90% clogged. And the doctor said this. 
that if it didn't happen, that happened January 31st, the doctor said this, if that did not happen by March of the same year, he would have had a, a heart attack in what is called the widow's artery, something like that, and he would not have recovered. That's how far clogged that artery was. So the car accident, hallelujah. Everything bad. Yes, ma'am. Everything bad ain't bad. So you have to change the way, correct your vision where things are concerned. Everything that happens isn't to destroy you. Sometimes it's there to help you see what you could not see before. So let the, let the winds and the turbulence get behind the places that you've kind of cut off. It needs to get there. Things need to be uprooted in your life. God is a consuming fire. And he needs to shake the things that have been created, the things that cannot remain, so that the things that he has put in place can remain. Let it uproot. We got to move for throttle. We, can, we cannot go through 2020 the same. Then after that, you got to let the settling take place. Let it settle. You got to let everything settle down before you do something. Let it settle. Then after that, survey what's around you. Where am I? God, what, where have you placed me? Holy Spirit, I need you to show me where I am. What do I do right here? Survey the land. I don't know where, why I put this down, but maybe it's important. The Lord has it's important. Survey each thought behind each emotion that you display. That sounds like a disjointed point, but somebody needed to hear that. In the turbulent weather, you need to survey all of your thoughts to see its origin, to see what type of emotion that it is stirring in you. Because it may be that the emotions that you are used to operating in cannot operate in this place that you're in. You used to operate in cannot operate in this shift for maximum at impact. So survey every thought behind every emotion that may keep you in the past. Remember what I said earlier, you cannot, everybody got to go. Everybody is on this train. Ain't nobody going to be left behind, and I will get low country with my, with my speaking. I do have a degree in English, but I'm taking liberties right now to do what I because I got a degree so I can do what I want to do. Amen. Some people do it, it ain't got, you know, degree don't matter. I ain't trying to say I'm better than nobody else, so please nobody take it that way. But I'm just going to be low country today because I like to. Like to. <laughs> so survey every thought behind every motion that keeps you entangled, that keeps you snared, in that old way of thinking, in those old cycle of thoughts, you got to do it. Find your bearings, your next place. Find your bearings. Find the things that you know cannot be shaken in your life and hold on and cling to them. What cannot be shaken? The word of God. God can't be shaken. Huh? His word, can, his word has to accomplish everything he sets it out to do. He will not, you know, he will not let his word go forth and it not come to pass. Find the things that you need to cling to that will not change, that are consistent in your life. You got to. Then you have to sur survey the debris. 
Look around you. What has the turbulent weather, what has the tornado kind of shaken out of place in your life? Because you're going to have to make a decision here. You're going to have to decide either if that thing is salvageable or if it's trash. <laughs> you have to discern what needs to be discarded and what needs to be kept. So, you know, sometimes we have a habit of keeping old things around that are obsolete. Who still have a tape player in their house? You using it? I, who got tapes anymore? Elder Benjamin, the only one. <laughs> who got a record player and still spin records? Oh, I got one for you. I ain't nobody got this. Who got an eight-track player? Why you still got that in your house? Why are we afraid to throw away the things that need to be discarded? What, what, what is it? What, what type of value do we, do we continually place on the thing that produces absolutely nothing for us anymore? So you have to take a survey to see what needs to be discarded and what needs to be kept. You can't carry everything in this place. Everything is not going to go into the backpack. We have to carry only what's required. And while we are while we are staking our claim in this spacious place, God will make everything um, produce for us, and we'll have more than we had before. But those things that are no longer necessary, no longer required, throw it out. Amen? Next, we have to, body of Christ, kingdom of God, utilize the weapons that the Lord has given us in order to navigate in this place. We have not been doing that. We not have been doing it the way that the Lord wants us to do it. We've been kind of half-heartedly doing it. But we have some powerful weapons at our fingertips that the Lord has given us once we became saved to give us, even if we didn't get the, the memo, to give us what we need for that time. I will never forget a sermon that pastor preached. And one of the principles in it is this. He said that we are looking through a knot hole in the fence. But God is on top of the fence. He sees everything that's coming down the road. So it is best for us to put our ear to the mouth of God to receive our marching instructions. We cannot lean and depend on what we think is right or what we need to do. We cannot anymore. We've done it too much. You know the weapons that the Lord has given us? And we see it, you know, for an answer, Jesus has given the key. 
What happens in Luke chapter 4, or even before then, Jesus Christ is baptized of John because it was required to be baptized. And he submitted himself to the baptism of water for, for repentance. But chapter 4 of Luke says that Jesus Christ was full of the Holy Spirit and with power. And that is the way that he went in to the 40-day fast. So I named a couple of things. He was full of the Spirit. We have to ask the Lord God to fill us daily and consistently with his power. The Bible says that Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit teaches us. He leads us into truth and understanding. He sees all. He will tell us when to turn right, turn left. He will give us the instructions as to what to do. And not only leaning on the spirit of God, there's something else in here, fasting. Fasting is a powerful tool. It is a powerful weapon that we must learn to engage with on a consistent basis. Fasting puts your body under so that you can hear God more. It is an emptying out of yourself. It is telling your body and your flesh, you don't have rule over me. I put you under because I choose to hear God because a lot of times when we are full of everything, we don't hear. We don't hear clearly when we are cluttered on the inside, spiritually, and it goes physically too. When our minds are cluttered, we don't hear God well. Anybody, anybody a witness here? I know in the morning times is when I have to spend time with God because that is when the atmosphere, my environment is the quietest. Fasting does the same thing. It quiets your spirit. It's a sacrifice, but one that has great value. So Jesus showed us prayer. He's praying, fasting, and being full with the Holy Ghost. Lastly here, people need people. In this turbulent place here, you are not an island. And you cannot make it on your own. You will be faking and fooling and deceiving yourselves if you feel as if you can operate, maneuver, nav navigate this place that we are in by yourself. You need me, and I need you. You need me, and I need you. There's some things that I know in this place that you don't know. There's some things that you know in this place that I don't know. Never again should we ever miss the forest because of the trees, especially if we have people around us that, ha that know some things that we don't. Does that make sense? We, family, have tapped the well. The well has been tapped. We have tapped into cohesiveness and unity. And this is the place where the commanded blessing is. God commands the blessing here. And we have tapped into it. We have tapped into prayer and fasting. Many of us have seen that. We have tapped into love and the continuation of care one for the other. 
It's not just me experiencing it. Everybody, there are testimonies all throughout this building of people who are experiencing this place. And we are seeing the results of obedience. I believe as we continue to yield ourselves to the Holy Ghost, availing ourselves to the working of Holy Ghost inside of us, I feel that we are, I really believe that we are going to begin to experience on a greater level signs, miracles, and wonders. I, I believe this, and, and we talked about this on our minister's call. We are now in a place where we must persevere and pursue because we are here where the blessing is commanded. We're in a spacious place. And as we walk forth here, and I'm, I'm done, Brother Kitten, so you can sashay on up to the keyboard. You can go on to sashay. Go ahead and get sashaying. So I, I believe that where the Lord has, I didn't realize I was talking that loud because I had the earphone in my, in my ear, so I, please forgive me. I believe that where we are in this place that is unfamiliar with us, that we are going to see signs and miracles and wonders more than we've ever before done ever before. And this is a good place. That's why it's important for none of us to shrink back. Everybody's faith is going to have to expand from this point. Don't be afraid. And even if you are a little fearful or, or doubting, tell the Lord, God, I believe, but help me in the places where I don't believe. Because no man left behind, not in 2020. We all got to go. I don't want to experience it, you know, the blessing in the spacious place. And then you 10, 20 miles behind me, we all in this together. When we're in the pastor's office and praying before we come out here for service, and one thing I, I, I have made my mantra after we are done praying, I said, I'm all in. Even if I don't feel like being all in that day, I am all in because I'm not going to miss it this year. I want more in 2020 and not to consume it upon my own lust. I want to be a blessing to people. I want to see the kingdom of God advanced. I want to see people brought to Christ. I, I want to see this place full of, of not people transferring from church to church to church, but the people off the street who don't know Jesus Christ. I, I want to see those people in this place. What about you? I believe that we have embarked, and these are the voyages <laughs> of Tabernacle of Praise. We are all to engage this place full throttle because of the turbulence that you have been experiencing. And I know it's tough. If I had time, I, I would tell you the turbulence that I, my family, the pressure that the enemy has attempted to put on my family over the past month has been intense, but I made a decision. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered.
So we are in another position. We're looking at this, at, at where we are in our relocation from the perspective of being in Christ, not from a perspective of being outside. We have everything pertaining to both life and godliness that the Lord has given us. And it is time for us, even though we may not have gotten the memo, to navigate this place without fear, without hesitancy, removing every obstacle, every hindrance, everything that ha can no longer serve us in this present time. And even when you are feeling the groanings of the winds, you are not alone, as the song was so beautifully ministered earlier. You are not alone. We're going to put our arms around you, up under your shoulders, and we're going to help you until you're able to stand. So, at this time, if there's anyone here and you are experiencing the turbulence of the tornado and no one gave you the memo, you got no, you, it's unforeseen for you and you just don't know how to navigate it, I want you to come up here. You're not alone. He's your comfort. Come on up. If you need us, they'll call.